This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we try and keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. I am also the mama to a 20-year-old daughter and 17-year-old son walking right beside you on this path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is an interview, and I have no doubt that what you hear will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please pass the link around. Snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families all around the globe. I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. Really excited, as usual, to introduce you to my guest today. Her name is Andy Martineau. Andy is a mom of six, a reformed yeller, a best-selling author, and the creator of Connect Method Parenting, a breakthrough parenting framework that leverages connection as the primary mechanism for influencing children. You guys know she's speaking my language. Her approach helps parents discover why their kids don't listen and shows them the step-by-step process of regaining influence and building relationships that will last a lifetime. With hands-on experience raising her own kids, ages 14 to 23, and over 10 years of experience in parenting coaching, Andy has helped over 10,000 parents learn the parenting methodology. Yeah, 10,000. Well done. Thank you. Learn the parenting (laughs) methodology that gets their kids to want 
to listen. Hi, Andy. I am so happy to welcome you to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to talk about it. And knowing that we both share similar perspectives on parenting, it's going to be a fun conversation. I already know. No. Well, and it's so validating, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so valid. I'm hoping it's validating. I mean, it is for me. <laughs> I'm hoping for the listeners to be like, oh yeah, it's not just Casey, right? Mm-hmm. I don't claim to be the only person that's talking about this. So it's so fun when I get to talk to people who are, you know, that influence piece, right? Influences everything. That's the most powerful tool we have Yeah. for influencing behavior, right? Is that relationship and that connection. So I would love it if you would be willing to share a little bit about your story of doing the work that you do and your bio. I mentioned you are a reformed yeller. Yes. So what was your wake up call yeah. to growth and learning? Yeah. Um, you could say it all started with something I now call the the great baby powder blizzard of 2006. It was this moment where everything in the morning seemed to be going fine. I had five of my six kids. I was pregnant with number six at the time, and I had six kids in eight years. So it was just really fast. And I put the pressure on, you know, I had to figure out how to do this. And I was failing at the time. But this particular moment, I remember thinking I was doing a good job until I realized it had been 30 minutes till my I'd heard my younger kids make a peep. So I peeked into the playroom, which was right off the kitchen because I had done the laundry. The baby was asleep, all the things. It was like, yes, I'm doing it. You know, all the things I thought meant I was a successful mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and I walk into the playroom and they had found the Costco size bottle of baby powder. And my now 20 year old says, oh, mom, we also got the big thing of flour in there too. But my brain, maybe because the smell I don't even know if they do baby powder anymore. I think it's a hazard or something. But at the time, it was so long ago. You know, they had doused everything and we called it the blizzard because we were in Arizona. So that, you know, blizzards don't happen in Arizona, but it looked like a snowstorm had come through. Everything was white and destroyed. And I mean, I had many moments of yelling and just losing my mind. And I did the same thing in this situation. I started just going right into that consequence, punishment, you know, taking things away, you know, experience and there was something that happened though. My He was about three or four at the time. He's now 19, which is so crazy. It's been that long. But he, he was so excited to show me, you know, when they're little toddlers, they think their messes yeah. are these beautiful creations, you know? Yeah. You're like, so his grin fell to, you know, just despair and he started crying. And I had this moment, this magical pause moment. I took me years to figure out, but it was that moment where I was able to pause and relax and apologize for yelling. And I remember I knelt down and I looked at them in the eyes and gave them a hug, actually took a picture of the moment because I was able to regain my composure and what I thought would take six or 12 hours to clean up. And some of the things, you know, granted never recovered, like the (laughs) DVD player never worked again, you know? Right. But what did happen was this shift. And that was the moment for me where I decided I've got to figure out how to do that every time. Like what caused that? How did I drop into that space? You know, it was like a little magical moment, you know, in that experience, but I wanted to make it reproducible and figure out what was it. And yeah, it shot me on this deep dive of trying to figure out another way to parent because what I had found with the punishments and the, you know, the rewards and all of those things would happen regularly and they would have short-term impact. You know, they never were sustainable. But what, and always calls disconnection, but in this moment, 
I could put my brain, you know, when I put my brain to it, I could realize there was something different. Our relationships grew stronger. The cleanup happened faster. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was called, but I'm like, there's something there. And I'm, yeah. my background is in nursing. And I, so I wanted, I like science and research and data. So I was on this quest of what can I find that will prove this? What studies have been done? What is this called? I don't even know what this is called, but there's mm-hmm. got to be validity. But I needed to find in my brain, at least at the time, the validity to it and the process for it so that I could justify it and have confidence in it and then figure it out myself. Cause it, yeah, it just wasn't working to dive into the, I call it corrective parenting, which, you know, it's not that we don't need to give feedback to our kids, but that corrective typically is, you know, a little bit laced with frustration. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Judgment and frustration. (laughs) Yeah. I have a super vivid memory of like being so pissed at yeah. my three-year-old. I know, like, these sweet oh little kids. <laughs> That's yes. a bit of my story too, I know. Yes, and like realizing, oh, first of all, having compassion for my mom. Right. Who was a young and reactive and knew what she knew and didn't know right. what she didn't know. And, but realizing like, oh, this is, this is actually conditioning showing up. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I had been able to say, I don't want to do that. But realizing like, oh, this lives inside of me. Yes. It's not enough just to say, I don't want to do that. Right. You know, and then fast forward, right? Doing all the work during the younger years and the elementary years, fast forward into the teen years. For me, it has felt like, okay, I got it all handled. Right. And then the teen stuff shows up and it's like, oh shit, I still have quite a bit of conditioning living inside of me. So what have you noticed, you know, about your personal work and your personal experience? Cause you know, I talk to a lot of people and I think one thing that I always want to make really clear to the listeners is it's a daily commitment, right? Yeah, like, it is. It is. Totally. I don't ever want anyone to hear my story and think, Oh yeah. You know, I got trained in positive discipline and Everything was great after that, yeah, right? Like exactly, it is exactly. a commitment. It's a choosing in sometimes multiple times a day. Did you find that there was like the grand finale of the teen years? Like how did all of your work show up oh. to their like brain development and individuation and stuff? Oh, this is fun. Cause I feel like this is when you start to, it changes. Like you said, they become teens and there's hormones and they need to pull away and they need to become autonomous. Cause I have, now four of my six, I just, one of my kids just had a birthday just last week. And so now I have four of my six that are adults, you know, as far as the world, you know, the 18 plus, yeah. I, mean, I mean, brain development, you <laughs> know, rent a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you look at the brain development, it's like 25 for females, 30 for right. males. So yeah. I mean, but according right. to the law, they're now adults. And what I have found is that the more I have, well, and then I want to just circle back to what you're saying. It is really our work, you know, like we put all this responsibility on our like teens to manage. This is easy to do, right? We want our teens to manage our emotions for us. Like, don't do that. It just makes me upset. And it's like, they're (laughs) they're, knock it off, you know, but the more we can own our emotional state, the way we are thinking and interpreting and judging, hopefully less judging, you know, but what we're making it mean, what they do, they just, it's such a joy to parent a teen in so many ways, because they're fun. And when they feel, at least my experience and most of the moms I've worked with and dads, 
that when we lean into that trust, and when I say trust them, doesn't mean we let them just do whatever, you know, it's, we don't put aside our responsibility as a parent, but it's really beautiful when they feel trusted. And we really believe that they are these brilliant, you know, humans that have Mm -hmm. amazing potential, the, the good choices they'll make. And when they make about, you know, a choice that's maybe not as beneficial to their growth, how they course correct it quickly. And they, they see it when they feel supported and not judged by us parents, which, you know, sometimes it comes out, just like you said, we have that conditioning society has taught us the way to do it. And our parents had that same thing happen, you know, conditioning for them and they were doing their best. And so when we mess up and we slip back into it, you know, just having integrity and honesty with them and saying, Hey, sorry, that was and owning our stuff you know, as quickly mm-hmm. as we can, not over-functioning, you know, for them, but being honest about, I'm going to hundred percent own my stuff. I'm not going to put that on you. They really respect that, especially as they get older and they, you know, that prefrontal comes on and they're starting to, you know, have more rational thinking and all of those things. It really pays off with the teens when you've laid the foundation and it's not perfect, but it's really beneficial, really, really beneficial. Yeah. What you're saying reminds me of like when parents will say, oh, you know, the teen years show up and all of a sudden the parents don't know anything. And when I think about that and I play with that, it's not so much that we don't know anything, but it's that the ruse is over Mm -hmm. and our teens are aware that we don't know everything. Right. 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 And that we are Mm -hmm. imperfect. Mm -hmm. And so to stand on, you know, to stand in this idea of, I am the, you know, I know everything and you should just do it the way I'm telling you. Like that's really bumping up against what the teens know to be true, which is true. Like ultimately we don't know everything. And, you know, I just, what I'm really enjoying and it's taken a minute to get here. What I'm really enjoying is just watching my kids pick their path, Mm -hmm. you know, and to, you know, there's been some little branches of like, oh, maybe I'll try this. And then like, ooh not going to, yeah. that actually doesn't work for me. Right. Or, you know, that didn't really work out very well for me, but just watching them like collect experiences and then learn, have them in their back pocket to learn from and to reference and to remember. I love that. And I love that. So when I think about trust first, like sending that message, like you said, I believe in you. I know you're capable. And You know, I think that trust for me is about, I trust that whatever you do, you're Mm going to learn from. Yeah. Right. Yes. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm hopeful that the damage (laughs) is. It does get more as they get old. I mean, the damage can increase the older they get, right? It can feel like that. It can feel like that. I dug into your Instagram. It's one of the research spaces for (laughs) me to check you out, Andy. And I so appreciate that as a coach, you are talking so much about the internal experience of parenting. Mm. Really, it's about being humans in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's so deep and big and so much more useful than like three tips for limiting screen time. I know. Yeah. You know, I mean, great. Yes, we have to talk about screens because they're a big pain in the ass. But even that, how are we showing up to those conversations? Who are we being? with our kids in response, you know, in who are we being in the face of our kids response to talking about screens, to talking about curfews, to talking about, you know, big things like sex and drugs and substances. 
And recognizing who we be is so much more important than, than like, what am I supposed to do? Or what am I supposed to say? Because that's where things can get really muddy, isn't it? So yeah. talk a little bit about that, how you support people in recognizing that internal experience. Yeah, that conversation that's happening in their head. Yeah. It's so important. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I'm so glad you noticed it on my feed too, because I was a little, you know, when I first started sharing you know, what I was learning with people, I was a little hesitant because to talk about, you know, their internal stories that they were having in the meetings. Cause I never want any mom to feel like they're intentionally trying to be this way. Cause it's, it's just conditioning. It's our nervous systems yeah. reactions. It's the way we were raised and all of those things. So I always say, as we look internally, we have to do it so kindly and with so much compassion, really understanding we're doing the best we can. And if I don't like the results I'm getting, then I might want to move that up a few notches. But I first have to understand where I am. It's a map, mm -hmm. right? I can see really clearly if someone's like, I, you know, you want to have great relationships with your teenagers or your toddler, whatever, right? You want them to want to listen to you. I can say yes. But if I don't know where I am right now, there's no way I'm going to get to that destination. You know, Google right. Maps is not very helpful if it can't figure out where I am. And so this is the power, I think, of understanding where we are. So the way I break it down is I have a framework I call STEER, and it's not mm -hmm. spelled correctly. It's spelled wrong. So it's S-T-E-A-R. So I do realize it's spelled wrong. This isn't a, not a, that I'm missing the spelling <laughs> problem. I mean, you don't want anyone to point that out. I mean, they totally can <laughs> the point it out. <laughs> the grammar police can point it out, but they're, it's intentional. I'm intentionally misspelling it. But the way I like to help moms start to understand this is to look at a situation that didn't turn out. Well, actually it can go either way, but typically it's the situations that didn't turn out the way we wanted them to turn out. You know, something happened and at the end, you know, there was more distance in the relationship than there was, you know, before. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. 
I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And so I start with the S, which is situation. So we look at just the facts and I try to distill it down to facts that can be proven and agreed upon by a large group of people. So no adjectives, no, you know, take away all the descriptive words possible. I'd like to say like in a court of law, could everyone agree? You know, this is a table. We're like, yes, we could agree. This is a table, but it's a beautiful table. I don't know. Some people might think it's beautiful. Some people might not like that style of table. So just being very clear. And that helps distill down to what actually happened and takes the story out of it. And then I say, okay, now that we have the facts of the situation, then we can go to the second part of steer, which is the thought. And so the thought is the meaning. And there's no shame. I'm always like, moms, there's no shame. Like, let that toddler brain come out, you know, and be as, you know, just unfiltered. And it might sound really immature. And that's exactly what we need to see because that subconscious brain, those neural pathways that have been entrenched because of socialization, because of conditioning, because of all sorts of things. So we look at the thought. So I'm going to pause you. So some of the thoughts might be, right? Like, how dare they? Yeah. They're They're so rude. life. They're yeah. so rude. They're so clueless. Right. Judgments, right? Lots of judgments. Lots of judgments. And criticism. Yeah. Okay. Right. They should do their homework. They should yeah. be more responsible. All of those kinds of things. And those they're are gonna just- They're going to be dead in a ditch. They're going to be dead in a ditch. They're going to be homeless if they don't right. go to school, right? All Losers. of those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The worst case scenario, lots of catastrophizing. Mom's brains are amazing at catastrophizing situations. So the thought- that comes almost instinctually as soon as that situation happens. But I want to help mom say like they're different, right? Because there's options. And Mm -hmm. so, but once we can trace the thought that they had, then the emotion that is linked to that thought, which they might have three or four thoughts, but if they had a thought like he's so rude, they're probably not going to feel peaceful. So we want to be like, what is the thought, you know, that is linked and everyone's a little different and it doesn't have to be, you know, a hundred percent accurate. It's just your best hypothesis of, or, or, you know, or memory or just way you can describe the feeling. And, you know, we can go into where they're feeling in the body and the sensation of it as well, but at least describe the word you would name it. And then we trace it to, I'm going to pause you for a second. Yeah, you yeah. find what I notice in my work is we talk a lot about thoughts, feelings, decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And in positive discipline, it comes from Adlerian theory is yes, the kind yes. of foundation. Love. Yeah. Love Adlerian yeah. theory. Yeah. And I notice working with people, humans, that we are not very good at naming our emotions. No, no. Right? Not very like good. The first one is usually why I feel really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't really give us very much information, right? right? Frustrated doesn't really dig in. So how do you encourage people to broaden their vocabulary around emotions? Emo. Yeah. Great question. There's a couple of different ways. One is just starting to pay attention. So many of us just literally haven't 
paid attention or it's been so uncomfortable that we intentionally push it aside Mm -hmm. unconsciously. So paying attention, I actually will give, there's, I'm sure you use them too, but there's emotion wheels and there's just even lists of emotions because our emotional vocabulary is pretty low. And so just even talking about it and any, sometimes when someone just sees a list of emotions, all of a sudden they'll say, oh, it's more irritation or annoyance, or actually I'm resent. I'm feeling a lot of resentment, you know? And so then we can get it dialed in a little bit more, but they've just gotten accustomed, like you said, to calling it frustration or something, you know, anger, which it's just fine, but like, let's dive it in. So just practice. I try to say every day, some of the moms I work with, you know, try to just document or write down some of the, I call them steers, which I'm explaining, right? This, like, see if you can write down some and just start to notice what those emotions are. And then I love saying, where is it in your body? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's the somatic part is so important and something I feel in at least Western society is a little underdeveloped most of the time. And so a lot of times they're like, I have no idea where it is in my body. I'm like, well, if we stop for a minute and just pay attention and we can all find it, but typically it it takes practice just like anything else. If we haven't done it very much, then it makes sense that it's hard to to, to get clear on that. Yeah. So situation, thoughts, emotions. Right. And then I just like to trace those to the action. So Mm -hmm. I love Gordon Newfield. He's a developmental psychologist. Just think he has just done such beautiful work in this field. And he talks about how emotions are the engine to maturation. They're the, I like to think of them as the energy, right? And so when you put it in the context of of like going to the actions in this part of the steer, it's, you have this emotional reaction to the story or the thought you have, and they're fueling these actions you're taking. So everything you're doing is fueled, or I I like to say flavored, seasoned, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, scented, it smells, it stinks of your irritation. That's why going back to what you mentioned at the beginning of the call, that's why three tips to getting your kids off the screens isn't enough because it's the words. I could say the same words with the same script from a place of irritation and from a place of maybe compassion or confidence or commitment totally different energy. So Mm -hmm. it's not the words we say, it's the energy or the emotion that's behind the words that matter. And our kids can map that. I talked to some like you probably can relate, but moms are like, no, I was totally, you know, I had a smile and I was used a soft voice. And, but like underneath they are boiling, you know, just boiling. And I'm like, oh, but your kids can see through that. They can see through that. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same as when it, you know, if we can get you to a place where you can neutralize the fact that they got on the screen or overrode the password. It's not saying that was okay. It's like, let's just neutralize it so that you can intentionally create a belief and a thought and then the emotion and the actions, you know, that will limit that behavior or help Mm -hmm. put some safeguard in place. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So then you have the actions and then all of that ends up creating this result, which is basically it's proof of the thought. It's the, you know, the outcome of your actions. It's your life. It's the interactions you have with your kids. So it's really just a way to pick apart or, you know, pull things apart of what's happening already in a concrete way, because we have to be aware and see something to be able to shift it. Yeah. And I love that. I love that model. And I think, so I like to talk about, so where do we interrupt? So if we're looking Mm -hmm. for a different result, where in steer, yeah, 
where is the interruption? Because we're the situation's going to happen. They're going right. to override the password. It's <laughs> just, not because they're out. little shits. They're because it's a puzzle to be solved, right? Right, right. We have the thoughts and the emotions. Yeah. Where, how do we interrupt? Yeah, I love this question because it can be at any point. What I love to say to moms is wherever you gain the awareness, that's where you interrupt. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. You know, even if it's after I'm boiling, I'm so angry that they did this. I feel like, oh my gosh, you're going to, you know, might catastrophize the whole thing. But if I notice all of a sudden, wait, I have a choice. I have a choice. This isn't how I don't have to do this. I can still set a limit. I can still be a responsible parent without doing it with this energy. Then interrupt at the emotions. But if I've already started my baby powder blizzard, right? My interruption was the actions. I was in the middle of dishing it out. And all of a sudden I had this pause and I thought, oh shoot, that's not what I want to create here. And then I was yeah. able to create a new thought and start a new steer. And sometimes yeah. for a lot of us, especially at the beginning for me and for most of the parents I work with, it's after the fact at the beginning, mm-hmm. like when they first, yeah, for sure. it's two days later or that night when they're wanting to cry themselves to sleep because they yelled again. And that's a beautiful place to interrupt too, because you're still interrupting the pattern and you're still gaining mm-hmm. awareness. And so it doesn't matter. It's just a tool of awareness that you're going to start interrupting somewhere. And, you know, eventually we want to interrupt right at the beginning, right? Right after the situation, that's where we want to go. But to your point earlier, this is a daily work. This is daily work. So if I've had a stressful day, if something, my kitchen flooded or, you know, some other circumstances happened in my life, my nervous system is going to be more stressed. My capacity might be lower. So I might have to just face the fact that I messed up that day and interrupt at the end of the day, or maybe I'll interrupt later in the steer. So we just have to take all that into consideration and also just be really gentle, like with ourselves as we're interrupting because the beating ourselves up just re-triggers us. And then we just stay in our old patterns. So. Yeah. And something that I've said to clients before too, is like the fact that you know that how you handled that was not the most useful way to handle it is a positive step, right? Right. Without awareness, we're just doing the same thing over and over and over. But with awareness, and I love what you said about the interruption could be happening at night when we're, oh my gosh, I can't believe we can interrupt that and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Of course that happened today. I'm in the beginning of trying to show up differently and it's hard. Right. And the pattern, the dance, the conditioning is solid and strong inside of me. So this is going to take some time. I don't need to beat myself up right now. And tomorrow will be, I'm sure, a new opportunity. So I love thinking about the interruption really being at any point. And even, you know, what you said, like, okay, so you interrupt at the emotion or you interrupt at the action and you create a new steer, right? Because you are now altering the situation into one where, It's shifting into what I'm guessing you would encourage parents to do, which is like validate, problem solve, right? Right. Listen, get curious, find out more. All of those tools that you and I both talk about with parents around, you know, like the practical tools, right? But without that internal awareness, that energetic engine, I love that visual too, you know, those tools fall flat. They do. We hear, well, it didn't work. You're like, well, you had the wrong fuel. It'd be like putting diesel in a car that takes unleaded, right? It's just like, it's not going to be very effective. It might even completely stop working. So yeah. 
Well, and on that note, I'm sure that you have clients that say this, I do, that talk about how hard this is, right? Like, okay, mm -hmm. I know I want to change. I know I need to do things different. It's so hard. It can feel, I mean, just this morning, I was talking with a mama around this, like the relentlessness of it, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. how do you support parents in being with the work of shifting their patterns and styles? Mm, This is such a good question. I mean, the number one thing I try to help moms or dads when I'm working with them at the beginning is to just get curious. I think that's the superpower that our prefrontal cortexes offer us that doesn't offer all mammals, right? Other animals is this ability to think about our thinking and to get curious Mm -hmm. and to be the scientist that gets to create hypothesis and ideas of, you know, experiments. I'm going to try this experiment today and see how the kids do or how I do when this happens and dropping into the curiosity of the journey of parenting. I also love to talk about it as attempts. So, cause sometimes we're so worried about getting to the, I know I am, I'm like such a perfectionist. I want to get to the end. I want to make it, I want to get it right. But if right. I can think about it, maybe this is a way to gamify it for myself, but it focuses more on how many attempts is it going to take for me? And it's okay to have infinite number of attempts because ultimately this is my goal no matter what. Even if it takes me two right. years, my goal is to stop reacting this way or to have a better relationship with my children or to be, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. So if I can extend the timeline, make it an infinite timeline and get curious and just say, okay, this is my theory of what will work better today. And I'm okay with how many attempts it's going to take. Like maybe it'll take me five attempts or maybe it'll take me 10 attempts. And it's okay because it's about the process. It's about the journey. And every time maybe I'm getting closer to where I want to go, or maybe I'm backsliding some days, but even then I can say, oh, there's a reason that makes sense. So I love focusing on just the journey, trying to get our brains focused on the journey instead of on the, yeah, sometimes the relentless, the groundhog feeling day where it's like, it's not changing. You know, what do I do? Right. I mean, we talk so much about kids having like this short-term attention span or wanting instant gratification and how like, ah, how annoying that is. And yet, (laughs) You know, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. So it must stop the practice for me. And it's so interesting listening to you talk and thinking about what's coming up for me is a quote from Jane Nelson, who wrote all the positive discipline books. And one of the things that she says is sometimes things get worse before they get better. Mm -hmm. And our kids, especially if we're coming into this work, you know, later on, maybe they're not toddlers, maybe their school age, or maybe, you know, for yeah. a lot of the people that I work with, it's like, Oh my gosh, my kid's a teenager. I know I've got to do this different. I wish I would have done this before. And they're trying this on and doing this work. I have to remind them, you know what? Your kiddos are not going to buy it until you can show them with action that this is truly something that you're working on changing, that you're mm-hmm. truly working on showing up differently. And you're going to have to work for that, right? You're going to have to work for that. That's just real. How many times have we declared something to our kiddos and not followed through? I mean, I would love to say not me, but you know, it's like, okay, we'll see. And we get to take the challenge as the parent, right? We get to stand up to the challenge and say, yeah, we will see. And I also think about, you know, one of the things 
especially because my people are all parents of tweens and teens. And some of the parents who find their way to me are really in the weeds and really in the gauntlet of some tough, tough teen years. And one of the things that I try to remind people too, because I was under the illusion that, well, I'm going to raise my kids with positive discipline. The teen years probably aren't going to be that hard for me. (laughs) Right. Lo and behold, the teen years have been very challenging. Mine are 17 and 20. My 20 year olds doing great. Everybody's heard all about my 20 year olds. So I won't go into it, but we had some tough years. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And I think it's important to remember, too, that even when we're doing all the things, right, even when we're paying attention to steer and we're interrupting our patterns and we're taking care of ourselves and, you know, we're noticing and conscious of our internal experience, even then, things could be falling apart with our teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that out loud to people that are listening who are like, I do the things and I'm trying the things. One of the results that I strive for in parenting is feeling good about how I've navigated something, not putting all of the weight in. And then my kid did what I said, right? Like, (laughs) but really like, (laughs) did I navigate that in a way that felt really good to me? Am I still feeling connected to my kiddo? Right. Was I able to handle their hard emotions and just be with them in it instead of trying to fix it, which is my pattern of like, yeah, this is a lot for me. So let's just fix it or make it right. go away. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about that? I love all of that. This idea of learning how to not validate our success as parents with our children's behavior or their successes is so important. It's so, so, so important to stop thinking that we can control another human. (laughs) 
we cannot control another human. And I love asking myself at the end of the day or after maybe a difficult interaction or if one of my kids really struggling and my heart wants to just make it all better and I want it to go away and I want to just take away all the pain to ask myself, you know, looking back, can I respect the person I showed up as? Like if someone, if the person I admire the most was in the room, would I be proud of how I acted? And that's success, right? And then our kids get to do whatever they choose to do. And I used to want to be the puppeteer. You know, oh, I it, still wouldn't mind it. You're uh, there. I mean, it would be kind of nice, but the older they get, I actually would be a terrible puppeteer, I think, for them because I really, even though I know them, they're growing and they're expanding. And I don't know. It's arrogant of me to think I know all the things that they need for their growth. And sometimes yeah. the things that teens and tweens, as your kids become adults, you know, you have an adult one too, is they make decisions that sometimes you think, oh, that is not going to be beneficial for you. Or that's not what I would think would be beneficial for you or whatever. I have to keep asking myself, who might even say that? Because I actually don't know. Because maybe that's the exact thing that they need for that emotional growth. Maybe they need that hard thing, you know? Amen. Right. I mean, it's just like, Amen. Yes. it's just, so I really love just saying if I get into that, Oh, I want to go to control. I want to go pressure yeah. them. And there's a healthy yeah. pressure, right. But like the unhealthy pressure, where I want to really yeah. push. I'm like, no, no, no. How arrogant of me to think I know what's best for them. My job is to show up and to be an example of what, you know, like if I want them to be more patient, I got to be more patient. Right. Mm-hmm. It's awesome mm-hmm. when we're like, be more patient or stop yelling yeah. you know, and we're like yeah. exuding the opposite. Yeah. Get off your phone. Get off your I'm phone. As I'm like literally like yeah. <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> so, you know, just taking it back to us, looking at what success really is, staying in our lane, getting out of their lane and knowing where our responsibility and stewardship as a parent lies and where we're stepping over that bounds. And then just to circle back, just to say it again, because I think we all need to be yeah, reminded is just not using our kids for self-validation. Like we have got to validate ourselves and the way we are successful is just how we showed up. Did I do everything I could to help them fulfill their potential? Did I try my very best? You know, and that might be low in some days because we're stressed or we didn't have tools or we didn't, you know, but can I just honor that I was trying my best and I kept trying to do better, you know, to the best of my ability. And that's, I think, success not expecting our kids to do perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And remembering they're not fully baked at 18 when they leave. Like I think about the personal growth, the level of growth that I went through from 18 to 30. Yeah. Was huge. Right. Right. And just remembering that just all of you listeners out there that are like, yeah, but will they ever have clean clothes? They're never going to have a clean apartment. Like they will, or they won't. And guess what? It's not your fault either way. Right. It's not your fault. They'll only want it if they want it. Right. And sometimes right. we put so much pressure on it. They would want the clean room, but they might almost Annoy- push back and not do yes. it because we put too much yes. pressure. So oh my gosh, we do that everywhere. We do that everywhere. We're talking about that in my six week class right now, you know, just talking about they have to have room to be able to explore you know, the natural consequences of their choices. And if they're totally full of like, oh my God, my dad won't get off my back. Right. Right. Or my mom is so strict and such a pain. There's no room for them to be like, huh, how did what I chose affect my experience and what I want to create? Because they're too full of 
us against them. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's like, I'm always trying to get ever more articulate and explaining that. Like, I'm sure you have those things too. Where it's yes. Like, How can I be more clear? Like what's the elixir <laughs> to right. stir up to really right. land this point? Because it can feel kind of elusive a little bit. Mm-hmm. but it's so powerful once it lands, right? It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. sense. You know, I mean, I find myself there too. My 17 year old's a junior, so he still has some time for me to extract myself. <laughs> I waited for what you were going to say and for you to what? <laughs> for me to pull out, right? And a friend of mine recently said, she was talking to me about listening to somebody else talking about parenting. And the person was like, you know, I want to parent for the year ahead. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I think about my junior who a year from now will be graduating from high school and leaving the nest, you know, and we talk about like just last night, I was like, Hey, how's your screen time these days? You know, like I'm not mm-hmm. very strict anymore, but it's very normal in our house for me to just check in. We all kind of compare, you yeah. know, and last night he said, Ooh, Actually, yesterday was kind of a lot. I was like, oh, tell me yeah. about that, you know? And we kind of looked at, mm-hmm. he looked at it. He's like, well, I was on Snapchat for this long and TikTok for this. He's like, this doesn't add up. I was like, well, do the math. He's like, oh, I guess it does add up, you know? And I asked him, because he's kind of grossed out when it's a big amount of time. He's like, oh, I said, well, how do you monitor yourself? Like, what do you do? I know what I do. What do yeah. you do? And he was like, well, if I think about it, you know, I'll check in and cool off. I'm like, oh, so what prompts you to think about it? He's like, yeah, you. (laughs) Well, that's maybe there's something you could create for yourself where instead of it being me, like you have like a reminder that shows up on your phone Mm -hmm. or something that's giving Mm -hmm. you a little poke, like, hey, you're getting up there, you know, but because a year from now, you know, he's going to be out in the world. He's going to have to navigate school and life without some adult, his mom being like, so what about this? What about this? What about this? So I want to give him this runway of practice before he's actually out there doing it. And I love that. I love thinking about how can I parent for a year from now? Right. Yeah. It's so beautiful to have that perspective and you're giving him the space to actually be able to make some choices and to think about it. And when we're just on them and to feel it, right. But we're just on them and on them and on them. They don't have that space. They don't have ability, right. To have a conversation like inspecting really, how does this feel for me when I'm on screen time for eight hours a day or whatever it ends up. It's crazy how quickly it can add up. It is. I mean, I look at my phone when I see four hours, I'm like four hours. What? What what could I have done? Done Four hours. Jeez. Yeah. But I love what you're talking about because you're, we think as parents, because we have this role as parents that it gives us the right to parent, but it doesn't. Right. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, it's just, it's not the role that gives us the right to parent. It's the relationship, right? It's the respect. And Mm -hmm. especially with teens and tweens, because they're getting to that place where they can think about those thoughts and they have people they respect and they have people they, you know, they like and don't like. And it's not that we need to be pandering them or, you know, their best friend all of the time, we're going to do things that they're not going to love, but that's different than having their respect or having a relationship with them where they choose us. Cause they really have yeah. to choose us to be their leader, so to speak. I mean, as a parent, there is this cascading care, right? We're the caretaker and they're the dependent for a certain period of time while they're in our home. And so they have to buy into that. And so what you're talking about with screen time or just dropping the rope 
We're not going to do the tug of war. We're going to drop it our end. They might still try to pull, but there's not a lot to pull when there's nobody else on the other side pulling back. So releasing some of that allows us to actually have more impact and influence. And I think one of the reasons it's so scary, especially for parents of tweens, because it's more and more obvious how much they can just go decide to do. Like they could just leave, walk out of the house. Yeah. They could just go get the drugs. (laughs) They can just go do the things, right? That is a brutal realization. Right. Those early adolescents, but all of a sudden it's like, oh God, I actually have no control. Control. Yes. I mean, that is a tough realization to move through. And hello, everyone who's listening who's like, yeah, I just realized that. (laughs) I said that yesterday. Yeah, my teen just did whatever the heck they wanted and didn't care about my opinion. But I think when we can really come to this, I mean, for me, that was a really big thing of just like really understanding. I don't have the control I think I have, it's just a facade. So I think I'm giving up all this control if I don't harp on my kids or, you know, just nag, nag and coax or threaten or take away things. I think I'm going to lose all this control, but there was really actually no control in the beginning. The only thing that's actually going to make a difference here is the kind of relationship I have that them allowing me to be impactful and influential in their life. That's what I want to value. That's what I want to safeguard. And so I think once we can sit with that for a while and realize the truth of it, which is really easy, like we said, with a teen, because they literally can be really resourceful. Yeah. It can make it easier to let go of some of those perceived or the sense of control we think we have that's actually not really truthful or actually accurate. So... I mean, yeah. Andy, when do you want to go on tour? Because yeah, we should go together. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, girl. This I know. Get so... that message out there, right? Yes. That's one of my passions is more people aware of these beautiful yes. tools and framework of parenting in a connective or conscious or positive, yes. however you want to frame it, right? Totally. In this way that honors the relationship and puts us yeah. in such a better place, really, as parents. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh my gosh. I knew this was going to be fun. I didn't <laughs> it realize. so fun. I didn't realize. So is there anything else before we wrap it up that you want to leave listeners with as just kind of any kind of final thoughts on all the places that we went? I feel like we touched so many beautiful things that I would say, just remember that our job as a parent, like our success is really in how we show up. And how we are being with our kids and to focus on that. And when we focus on that, a lot of the things that we think we need to fix with the kids, you know, we need to fix that behavior. A lot of them just work out. They just fix themselves. You know, we think we need to fix the kids. They just fix themselves when we let go of the control and the panic and the worry and all of the things that are so conditioned upon us, you know, and just trust more in the relationship and that everything works out when they choose to have us be a part of their life, everything works out. So I guess that's what I leave is focus on the relationship. I love that. Yeah. My last question that I ask everyone is what does joyful courage mean to you? Oh, this is so good. I think courage is a word I used to think was this happy, easy motion. <laughs> the more I've explored what emotions are, it takes a lot of I was going to say courage to have courage, but that doesn't accurately describe it, but it can bring up a lot of negative emotions to be courageous. We have to really confront ourselves. We have to be willing to look at the parts of ourselves that aren't so pretty and, and uncover those parts to be courageous and to be willing to look at the parts maybe of our kids 
that we don't want to look at either. And so when I think of being courageous, but having to be in this joyful framework, it's learning to enjoy the process of continuing to evolve and grow as a parent, which is a really beautiful journey. I'm glad you're talking about it. I don't think it's talked about enough, you know, this idea of having joyful courage. It's a beautiful phrase. Love it. Where can people find you? Yeah. So you can check out my website, Connect Method Parenting. I have a free course that someone can go through if they want to just check out how I frame up parenting and a lot of the things we talked about today. I go deeper on there. And then Instagram is just my name, Andy Marno. You can check out my comings and goings there. Yes, do it listeners, because Andy's got some great reels and some really thought-provoking posts there that I love. And I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. This was so fun. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I loved it. Yay! Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show, and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.